letting go wherever you can and letting go to let a higher power take over. Acceptance of self, acceptance of others is going to open up the doorways of opportunity. It's going to open up the doorways of your heart and then expressing yourself, expressing yourself how you want to be seen, how you want to be heard and realize that sometimes those expressions are are going to be painful because that's the way you heal. You have to feel the pain. You have to move through the pain. This is a, a, as I mentioned to you even before we jumped on, like this is a space of me letting go as well. So as I just even mentioned to the listeners to that, get to that space of letting go, this, it, it, that's what this is for me. It's closing this chapter for me uh, officially that I can now speak about it mm-hmm. publicly and with you. And, you know, hopefully, you know, my journey definitely inspires me because it's what keeps me going. Um, So I thank you so much. In this episode, we're going to be talking about narcissist abuse. What do you do after you break free from a narcissist? My next guest was brave enough to finally come on my podcast and be open and transparent with the whole world. She's going to share her story and exactly how she was able to break free, but more importantly, how she's giving back and helping other people. A lot of empaths attract narcissists and manipulators, um, and it's just something that is uh, very common, and I wanted to tackle this topic with somebody that's gone through it. If you know of anybody that has been through narcissist abuse or currently going through it, please share it with somebody, and hopefully if it helps just one person, then it was all worth it. Let's get started. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Welcome to another episode of the On Call Empath. I have a a very special guest with me today. Her name is Terry uh, Rosella, and uh, she is a mindset performance coach, highly sensitive empath, just like all of us. she has a unique ability to calm a room energetically. I will gu- you guys will feel it once she gets on here. Uh, she wrote an unpublished book on her experience dealing with narcissism, and it's linked to an anxiety. Founder of Beacon Blueprint uh, group on Facebook. She's done a lot of great things. We're going to get all into it in this episode. Terry, how are you today? Thanks so much, Raj. I'm doing great. How are you? I am ecstatic. I'm so glad finally you are on my show. I've been like watching all of your Facebook lives and I am so like excited to watch them. They're so inspiring. Um, And especially that 30 day challenge. And if you can kind of like tell us like all what what that entails, but it is very, very unique that you took a book from Susan Cologne. Uh, and you committed 30 days every day to kind of talk about different uh, things about yoga. Uh, how is that going for you so far? Well, awesome. Thanks for bringing that up, actually. Uh, so it's been amazing. Um, it's such a journey of discovery. So Suzanne Cologne did write a book called Yoga Mind, and it's a book that was introduced to me by a friend of mine. And each day she's written, a, um, in essence, each chapter is a different philosophy that surrounds the yogic uh, principles. And what I've chosen to do is to go um, either live or to post a photo with a uh, a comparable text uh, that's relating to each chapter. I started out 
really just kind of diving into each chapter, reading a little mm -hmm. bit of each chapter, and it's it's been wonderful so far. Yes, um, and I got to say, like I I do watch them myself, and by you committing to that for thirty days, that is uh, quite a plan. And in fact, you you seem to start what you finish. I know that I've noticed you've done some marathon races. How many races have you actually done so far? <laughs> I've done just about, I think, 20 or 21 uh, between half marathons and full marathons total. Wow. So do you have any other plan, uh, like any other marathons? Uh, are you planning to do like hit a goal of like, so I saw so many, tr like those little things behind you when you talk, um, like the... I like the medals. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's actually, that's, if you want to call it, that's like my shrine. Uh, oh. It's my motivation wall. It's, you know, days when I am not feeling my best, I have that space to kind of remind me that no matter what life throws at me, I can definitely muscle through it. I can, you know, figure my way through it and get, you know, get on with it and get to wherever I need to go. Um, marathoning is all about mindset. Absolutely. I mean, just from speaking to you, especially about your past, um, I know that you've been through quite a lot in life, and now you're dedicating <laughs> yourself to give back, which is very uh, commendable. Um, I know that you had mentioned that you had 12 years in an abusive relationship, and uh, just remarkably, you were able to kind of turn all of that around, and now you're inspiring others. Can you just give us a little overview of exactly how you kind of got all over that and how it started? So I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize from the beginning that I was with a narcissist. Um, I, I most likely didn't even know what it was at that point in time. I had met him when I was 24 years old. Uh, and it was at 25 that I had had my first cancer scare. So it was definitely um, interesting how the unfolding of events happened. And you know, over the course of time, I can say the first five years that we were together were definitely, they were happy. Um, you know, there were times when I found his uh, vocal vocabulary a little bit aggressive, but I never really, it, it never felt uncomfortable. It wasn't until probably I was six years into the relationship where I really started questioning it. And I didn't appreciate the the level of which I felt uh, controlled. But at the same token, I didn't know anything else and I didn't know how else to be. So I just stayed with it. And then at the same time, I was dealing with my health issues. So I kind of at the same time told myself that I didn't deserve more and I didn't deserve better because I was, you know, I was sick and who else is going to want me at that space and time. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a complete lack of self-worth mm -hmm. and a complete lack of identity and it really just kind of happened slowly over time where the, you know, it started out first where it was definitely financial and he had, you know, taken money out of my account because we had first separate accounts and then we had a shared account. And um, that was, uh, you know, the slow demise per se. Mm -hmm. And then it went into a, a verbal. And then from the verbal, it went into uh, one night of physical abuse uh, where I, I literally, I thank God that he was with me because I, I thought I was going to lose my life that mm -hmm. night. Yes. And that's gotta be tough mentally and, um, moving on, especially from that. Um, 
when you went through all of this and, and things started to, you know, get worse, did you have a support group or did you have a friend or did you keep this all inside of you? Like, just didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anybody at first, to be really honest with you, Raj. I was completely embarrassed. I was completely broken. I was completely numb. Um, I, I didn't feel anything any longer. Like I literally lost touch with every sense of my emotion, um, because I shut them off. Um, and you know, it, it got to the point in time, like I, I left after staring at myself into my own eyes and it was, we had moved a few times and I was back living in a townhouse and I was standing in my bathroom. I looked in my eyes and I asked myself the question, who are you? where is Terry and where the hell did she go? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even answer that question. And I couldn't even answer, you know, a softer voice came forward in my head. It was like, what's your favorite color? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't answer that question either. Wow. Um, so I was literally in a space of brokenness and, you know, lack of identity. Uh, so when I left, nobody knew. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody knew people, everybody in my life knew that I was leaving, but they didn't, comprehend the level of mental anguish that I was dealing with. Um, it wasn't until I had even called a family meeting to, you know, bring everybody together and say, Hey family, this is what I've been living with for 12 years. And it was, it was a monumental and a pivotal moment in my family. Um, so to, to, to answer your question a little more directly, not at first did I have anybody. Um, I did it on my own. But then after that family talk, then I was able to at least have um, some understanding and some support at that moment in time. Gotcha. Now, just kind of backing up here, when you first started the relationship, you said everything was good um, and there wasn't any signs or any red flags that popped up. Um, and as time went on, there were, you know, few things um, that may have been questionable. But I wanted to ask you something personal because this, I mean, I get this from a lot of the empaths that have gone through narcissist abuse and things. Typically, when they abuse their victims, they'll come back and they'll love bomb them and they'll be overly nice and they'll just pretend that it never happened. As far as intimacy wise, um, I'm just wondering how did that play out for you with, with, with the situation you're in, did you experience any of that where he just was really, really nice at one point? And then, you know, how was the intimacy and when, if that stopped at a certain point? So there definitely was love bombing, um, you know, understanding what love bombing is. It definitely, um, he would do so with materials, and he would do so. Uh, we were both, you know, very blessed in terms of our careers, mm -hmm. and uh, we both, you know, had gone to college and we graduated, and we we were both workhorses. So it rewarded us, you know, monetarily. So the love bombing came in terms of, um, hey babe, I just booked us a trip for, to go here. Hey hon, I just <laughs> you know got you this, and he would come home with like lavish gifts, mm. and it's materialized in my life now where I absolutely hate materials. Like I'm not, I'm not I, a materialistic I, person. I'm not a materialistic <laughs> person at all, and and to have any type of a man throw, even if it's from the like the generosity of his own heart, it it, it it's still a very tender space for me that mm. it it feels 
um, awkward and it feels uncomfortable of why do you want to give me something materialistic? Like I would much rather have a shared conversation or, you know, a walk in the park. Um, so there was definite love bombing for sure. Right. Uh, so, and in terms of the, I mean, I'll answer the intimacy. Yeah. Yes, we were intimate for, at the beginning, um, you know, at the beginning of the relationship, but then, you know, the last few years, there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And the reason why I ask you that is because I, I seem to get a pattern. I've had narcissist experts on here. I've had uh, victims of narcissist abuse, and they all seem to have this similarities, um, exactly what you're saying. A couple times, I know that just learning from what you're saying, um, that to never give up, and from every bad experience, there's something positive that comes out of it. In your situation, given the toxicity and the pain that you endured, what would you say something that positive came about this? Because obviously, I'm sure there was a recovery process, and you're pr- probably still recovering. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely am. I mean, there's different, I would say the massive triggers is something that I was able to work on with um, three different types of therapists between Mm -hmm. a cognitive therapist, a spiritual healer, and a um, a hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been able to work through a lot of the triggers, a lot of the pain, um, a lot of the halting points, um, and things that would literally halt me in my life and even just haunt me. I mean, the visuals that I had had for multiple times, they, they haunted me. Um, and they were, they, they sti- they're stifling. Uh, but in terms of keep going and in terms of where the positivity comes from, um, I truly believe that it comes from my faith. Um, I do have a, a very strong faith in, in a belief in God, and I have a very strong spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And between the two, I meditate uh, every day or I, and I run uh, often uh-huh. um, so that physical, whether it's, you know, sitting in space or being in nature and taking, you know, going for a run. I mean, it's that alone is even one of the proven points of mindfulness meditation that it definitely rewires the brain and it, it, it allows for a sense of calming. It allows for a space of serenity. And that has what has truly helped me na- you know, just get through this, this mm-hmm. whole space was not mindful meditation. That's interesting. Um, I know a lot of people have different, you know, different beliefs and different modalities to kind of get through their past traumas. I know yoga, meditation, journaling, gratitude, all that does play a significant role, at least for, for me personally, but a lot of the listeners also um, swear by yoga and not just the regular yoga where you're, you're doing pretzel moves. I'm talking about like the actual study of yoga, learning the, the discipline behind it and what it stands for and going beyond the moves. And that's something that you're really good at teaching and kind of Thank you. Talking about that philosophy, and that's and every anyone that's listening, I would highly recommend that they check out your Facebook um, lives because you do talk about it from a standpoint where it's not just yoga and you're not just doing some random moves like a lot of people. You're actually going behind the science and figuring out, and this actually affects the brain and um, changes our behavior and so, goes deep into our subconscious. And a lot of people think, okay, well, it may work for other people, not for me. 
don't knock it until you try it. And um, so that's one of the things that kind of got me interested in having you on the show. We have a lot of people listening, and I would highly, um, you know, look at that practice if you've tried everything and nothing's worked. Um, so with that said, I wanted to, you know, change gears a little bit here. And, you know, anybody that's listening out there, I know a lot of the empaths and highly sensitive people, um, many of them are afraid to change and they don't know how. And I know you're a coach and you do help people. How would you, like, let's say I came to you, how would you kind of help me create a new lifestyle and kind of go away with the fear? Like, what would be the first step that maybe worked for you? Um, So one of the first things that I had done for myself was to, and you you had mentioned journaling. Um, Journaling is something that I definitely love to advise or coach people to explore because there's nothing more concrete than having pen to paper. Um, and when you apply your mind to it, so I love the science side. I mean, it's, and it's interesting. You mentioned the the scientific part of yoga because the neurology and the science is what I absolutely love. Um, and the philosophy. Um, so by coming into, I would invite you even into, uh, the, the yoga class. I would also invite you into a meditation. If you already have one, uh, practice, we would obviously take an exploration of that. If you don't have one that I would introduce you to that first, um, when I was working with someone, uh, who was experiencing, um, a lot of anxiety, uh, and a lot of people that come to me are actually dealing with a lot of anxiety or they're dealing with overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if somebody, if you came to me and you had a lot of anxiety that, you know, we would discuss that first and I would try to answer, ask you questions to have basically you answer it for yourself because I don't want to give that answer. Even if I can see it and I can sense it and I can feel it, I would much rather you to discover that answer for yourself. And so it's through a course of questions where I'm able to help guide you in that fashion. Hence that the name of my business is Beacon Blueprint. I am your guide. I am guiding you to discover the light that is inside of you. And that's the same journey that I took for myself is to discover that light from within and then have you journal that out too. I always, at the end of any uh, coaching call that I have had, I always, you know, invite in the clients to, to journal and to write out whatever it is. Um, or if they don't like to journal, then, you know, even speak, you can speak a note into your phone and you can create a note, um, you know, folder within your phone. And it's something that is, uh, it's always there. And that's why I think pen to paper or voice to voice to, uh, to note is monumental because you can always go back and refer to it, not only from a light, like a learning perspective, but from even you can keep it and three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, you can go back and you can congratulate yourself and you can give yourself the accolade for how far you've come. And I think that's something that a lot of people we, we get so stuck in our way that we don't go back to that space and say, Hey, yeah, you know what? I have done this and I have changed and I have made a month, you know, amazing amount of impact for myself, which then has impacted other people. Yes. I love that. And anybody that's listening, all the empaths, highly sensitive people or any trauma victims, 
look at the milestones that you did in the past, even if they're small, write it down. I know for me, like I had these milestones and it feels good when I'm down. I can look back on that. and I'm like, look, I, you know, this is what I accomplished. I did this, 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 and just going back and, and living in that moment. So I know that uh, you've mentioned a couple things that I wanted to kind of see what you thought of and what it means to you. But um, the word sutra, and I know you've mentioned that a couple times in your in your Facebook. It's never give up, right? And you had said a quote from Winston Churchill, I believe, in your last post. Never, 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 never give up. And I love that quote. And that's kind of like how that that's kind of sums your whole situation up. What does sutra mean to you? And 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 how is not giving up? How has that helped you get to where you are today? As as Terry, um, that's a really awesome question, actually. Um, you know, it's it's allowed me the space of tenderness. It's allowed me the space of humanity, um, because over the last ten years of diving into all the toxicity and also discovering that I am an empath. I mean, I didn't know that I was an empath when I was with a narcissist. Of course. I didn't even yeah. know, I didn't even understand why there was attraction between an, a narcissist and the empath. And there definitely is. Um, and so for me, that, that, that quote by Winston Churchill and Sutra of never giving up is something that I lean into every day, but I lean into from a space of, um, of realness so that no matter what comes forward, I can look at myself and say, okay, I accept this. I may not like it, or I may love it, but I accept it. And having that space of acceptance is always been what, what drove my curiosity. Uh, because if I loved it, I wanted to know more about it. And I wanted to bring more of that into my space and into my life. And if I was not proud of it or not pleased with it, or my, my, it was something where my behavior was definitely not, you know, supportive of me or supportive of another, I still needed to accept it because to not accept it means I'm not accepting myself. So, and that equally explore, you know, it brought, opened up a doorway of, of opportunity for exploration. Um, of, you know, human behavior and the human psyche and neurology in general. Um, So either path to be able to, you know, to keep going and never give up, it's a, it's, it's a journey of exploration. And the journey of exploration of self, I think is one of the most beautiful journeys because the more that we can understand ourselves, the more we can give that to other people because we're all in life, you know, we all have different gifts. Mm -hmm. I happen to be an empath and I happen to, you know, be able to, to coach people to understand the light within themselves. You know, you have different gifts that you are bringing to the world and everybody has a unique gift um, that we are intended to share. Uh, so, I mean, in terms of how it helps me every day, Raj, it really does. Cause there's days where, you know, <laughs> uh, I can have something minuscule. And it could be something, you know, teeny tiny, such as, you know, yesterday I was having difficulty getting onto my phone and getting onto anything from a live perspective of, you know, technology, or it could be something huge. Like there's, you know, a family member who is ill and navigating that space and dealing with that space. So it's never giving up because there's always something 
on the other side right. of it. Um, to stay, and I ask myself too, I mean, does this serve any purpose for me? Does it serve any purpose for the world? Does it help the world? Does it help me? And if it does, then I keep going. If it doesn't, then I stop. And I can, I can feel that when you do your Facebook lives, that it's coming from a genuine place and, uh, you know, you've been through it yourself and you're working on yourself too, uh, at the same time while helping others. Um, so I'm going to just ask you this last final question. Once you've been abused severely, whether it's from a narcissist, um, you know, somebody, a parent, a spouse, do you think it's possible to ever trust anybody again, a hundred percent, especially with all the pain and suffering that you've gone through? Do you think that you'll ever be that Terry again before you met this narcissist person? Do you think you'll be able to trust somebody 110% again? I would like to say yes. Um, And I'm a person that if I apply my mind to something and my heart to something, then I generally get to the space of wherever it is. But my And I'll be very honest with you, my space right now is a matter of letting it go and trusting it over to the God that I mentioned that I believe in and trusting the, you know, the, the, the divine, if you want to call it too, since I have spirituality practice. And that's where I'm presently at in my life is being able to, I want to trust people. I want to get to the space where I'm absolutely head over heels about a man and we are, you know, planning a life together and we're doing things together. Um, while we equally have our own individual lives. You know, I don't mean individually as as a separation, but I mean as two souls that want to share and create another, you know, wholeness. Um, So yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think that I can, but it's also a matter like I need to give that and surrender that over to the God that I believe in and trust. And I trust him to give it to me whenever he feels I'm ready for it. You know, there have been times where it's been introduced to me and I can feel myself getting fearful. Um, it, it, it's just there. And I, I that's where, too, I mean, and I think anybody that has been in a narcissistic relationship would equally agree that whomever my spouse is going to be has to have compassion for that space and time of my life because it's, it is a part of who I am. I'm no longer that 24 or 25 year old girl. I am a 45 year old woman that is, I'm not a hundred percent healed, but I'm, I'm pretty damn close and my spouse will understand that. But I like the fact that you're kind of leaving it out to the universe or God to make that decision. And, um, and that seems to be one of the biggest things with a lot of the people that have been through abuse in the past where they can't let that go and they can't forgive and they can't move on. And so I want people to know that are listening out there on this uh, podcast episode, you're hearing it from Terry. She's been through it. This is how it's, I mean, this is how it should be, you know, looked upon. And I like your attitude that you're moving forward and you're trying to better yourself. It's a will, you know, we all have free will, you know, and it's our free will that will either hurt us or, or not. 
And, you know, I want to experience a love again with a man. I do, you know, but I also needed, because I, as I mentioned before, I was completely emotionless, that I had no emotion. So uh, over the last 10 years, the decade of my life, I had to relearn that. And I needed to relearn who do I trust as friends? Who do I trust as employers? Who And navigating myself. Have I made mistakes along the way? Of course I have. I'm human. And that's what it taught me too, is that it's okay to be human. It's okay to make a mistake. And it's okay to then say, okay, who are these people that are my support system now? And each one of them, every conversation I have, even the conversation you and I are sharing right now, it's going to imprint upon me. And I'm going to, I'm opening my heart up to you during this conversation. And we're, we're same thing for you. You're receiving my information. And that's what every conversation is. It's a sharing of a heart space. And that's what, that's what I love. Like, and, and to love that is for me, that's allowing me to be able to then say, yeah, I will trust a man again and I will marry um, a man uh, because it's what I want and I trust it to happen. Well, there you go. There you, you heard it from Terry <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you being so vulnerable and, and just being honest on this podcast. I know it wasn't easy, easy for you to come on here and just kind of, you know, let the whole world listen to what you've been through. But you know, I definitely got something out of it uh, personally. So before we take off here, is there anything that you would like to share um, for maybe somebody that is stuck with a narcissist as we speak during a pandemic or maybe just got out of one and, you know, they keep going back to the same type of person? Is there something that you can leave us with um, for the listeners? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, the the one thing that I did for myself and that I continuously do is I lean into a space of curiosity. Um, you know, even in the book that I have unpublished, it's about my journey. In essence, it would be a memoir. Um, I, I discuss a five-step um, way that I did it. And it's from reflecting uh, your, upon your situation and really being honest with it. Um, embracing the space and embracing whatever comes forward, letting go wherever you can and letting go to let a higher power take over. Acceptance of self, acceptance of others is going to open up the doorways of opportunity. It's going to open up the doorways of your heart and then expressing yourself, expressing yourself how you want to be seen, how you want to be heard, and realize that sometimes those expressions are, are going to be painful because that's the way you heal. You have to feel the pain. You have to move through the pain if you want to experience the opposite side of it. So it's just for me, I, I always leaned into a space of curiosity and wanting to experience that space of my heart. And wherever my heart told me to go, I went. So that's what I would encourage another person if they're still there, if they're trying to get out. I mean, if they're trying to get out, I mean, there's also you know different 1-800 numbers that they can contact, if, especially if it is a physical abusive relationship. There's domestic violence. There's different, depending upon, I mean, they can even reach out to me and I'd be happy to give them some information right. of how and where to source out help. Speaking of, can you just leave us with your... Uh... Contact, your social media contact, just in case any of the listeners want to reach out to you? 
Sure, absolutely. So it's um, it is my first name and last name. It's Terry uh, T E R R I. Last name is uh, R O Z like zebra Y L A. And um, they can find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. My gr- private group is called the Beacon Blueprint. Uh, right now, it's the age of anxiety, and we're navigating those spaces of anxiety. Um, through different philosophies of mindfulness meditation, as well as yoga principles and uh, neurology. Well, again, it was an honor for you to be on the show. Keep doing what you're doing. True inspiration. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Raj. I, I really appreciate this opportunity that you gave me and also giving me the space of This is a, a, as I mentioned to you, even before we jumped on, like this is a space of me letting go as well. So as I just even mentioned to the listeners to get to that space of letting go, this, that's what this is for me. It's closing this chapter for me uh, officially that I can now speak about it Mm -hmm. publicly and with you. And, you know, hopefully, you know, my journey definitely inspires me because it's what keeps me going. Um, but hopefully my journey will also inspire another woman to realize that she has it within her to go after her dreams and to go after her heart because she's worth it. So I thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned to the next episode. Um, So with that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.